This is Americana. During the 1953-54 season, NBC Chicago's WMAQ and the speech department at Northwestern University jointly broadcast a series of radio essays entitled Americana. Each episode explored a facet of American life or history and the characters who made it come alive. The duty, the traitor and the spy, they are immortal, but not for evil alone. Hosted by Professor Martin Maloney, it followed the previous season's The Meaning of America. The February 13, 1954 episode was called A Study in Villainy. Pure villainy lies forgotten while we mourn a broken sword, tarnished honor, the glory that descended. The words you have just heard were written by James Thomas Flexner in his recent biography, The Traitor and the Spy. This program is Americana, the 21st in a series of radio essays on the American scene presented each week by Northwestern University in cooperation with station WMAQ. Tonight, we bring you A Study in Villainy. Good evening. I'm Martin Maloney of the School of Speech at Northwestern University. One day, when I have an hour or so free to spend in the library, I hope to run down a quotation I saw recently, attributed, I think, to Charles Mertz. It went something like this. Nothing draws a nation so closely together as its murders. Mertz meant, of course, all those great villainies of which murder is the most commonplace and most meaningful. He meant, too, not the deeds in themselves, but the deeds as they come into public knowledge, as they are reported in newspapers, magazines, books, on radio and television. Now, why so outrageous a statement as this? Nothing draws a nation so closely together as its murders. Mertz explains, as I understand him, that all reports of gross villainy give us a kind of stone against which to test the edge of public morality. I can give you an example of this. Somewhere around a year and a half ago, following approximately upon the Kefover hearings, a book called Mafia was published by a newspaper reporter named Ed Reed. Mafia is an exceedingly sensational account of the operations of the Sicilian Black Hand Society in the United States. The following account of the death of Alfonso Palazzola, one of the original mafiosi, is fairly typical of its content. There was a bright morning sun shining at the intersection of 10th and Wash Streets in St. Louis on September 9th, 1927. People strolled along the shade on the east side of 10th. Some entered an Italian statuary concern on the northeast corner, and one or two went into the office of a corn sugar company next door. From a nearby pool room came the click of ivory balls on the table and the sound of laughter. A Chrysler Roadster came to a stop across the street, and a tall, well-dressed, slim man alighted. He wore a white-brimmed white hat, the trademark of the mafiosi. The atmosphere of the area became suddenly tense. Passers-by nudged one another. One said to a child, It is Mr. Alphonse. He wears the white hat. You must bow when you speak to him. The one who wore the white hat crossed Tenth Street and stood in the doorway of the sugar company. He appeared to be waiting for someone. Gradually, his presence ceased to attract attention. Business resumed and laughter was heard. 
like a country meadow after a hawk has settled in a nearby tree and appears to be merely resting, not hungry. The click of the balls in the pool tables again became audible. Few noticed a stout, rather short and swarthy man who walked north on 10th from Carr Street. It was Pasquale Santino. Oh, bonjour, Mr. Alphonse, he said, bowing and smiling. Good morning, Santino, said Alphonse. Say, I, I can't give you fellows that money. I, I can't afford it. <laughs> oh, yes, sir, you can, Alphonse replied easily. No, no, I can't. And, and what's more, I've got friends who will see that I don't have to pay it. We're running this town. You've got to pay, Alphonse declared. All right, said Santino meekly. I'll get the money and I'll, I'll bring it to you tomorrow. Uh, goodbye, Mr. Alphonse. He put a sinister inflection on the mister, but Alphonse didn't notice it. Alphonse was looking north along 10th Street toward the police station less than a block away. Santino was looking south. He saw a lot more than Alphonse. He saw four men run toward them across the street. Three of them jerked automatic pistols from their pockets and the fourth produced a sawed-off shotgun. Santino had lived up to his promise. He had put the finger on Mr. Alphonse. He was less than six feet away from Alphonse when three pistols roared a minor accompaniment to the sawed-off shotgun. Alphonse staggered and was dying as he reached instinctively for his pistol. Then the coup de grace was given by two more assassins who drove up in an automobile and slowly and methodically emptied their pistols out of the car windows at and into Alphonse. Alphonse, the mafioso, sent one bullet zinging aimlessly into the air then rolled over in the gutter, looking up at the alien American sky and lay still. Now, why should such a record of violence and savagery as this be published? Or more to the point, why should it be read by some thousands of citizens who have in their ordinary course of existence no connection at all with murders or with murder, and much less with that highly specialized group of savages who have been members of the Mafia? May we explain this phenomenon in the terms of Charles Mertz and say that we do not know virtue unless we also know the corresponding sin? When I had reached this point in my speculations, I happened to think of one of my favorite books, really one of the great literary classics of our time, Rebecca West's Black Lamb and Gray Falcon. In the prologue to her book, Mrs. West tells how she was in the year 1934 recuperating from an operation when she happened to turn on the radio. But one evening, I turned the wrong knob and found music of a kind other than I sought. The music that is above earth, that lives in the thunder clouds and rolls in human ears and sometimes deafens them without betraying the path of its melodic line. I heard the announcer relate how the king of Yugoslavia had been assassinated in the streets of Marseille that morning. We had passed into another phase of the mystery we are enacting here on earth, and I knew that it might be agonizing. The rags and tags of knowledge that we all have about us told me what foreign power had done this thing. It appeared to me inevitable that war must follow, and indeed it must have done, had not the Yugoslavian government exercised an iron control on its population then and thereafter, and abstained from the smallest provocative action against its enemies. 
So I imagined myself widowed and childless, which was another instance of the archaic outlook of the unconscious. For I knew that in the next war, we women would have scarcely any need to fear bereavement, since air raids, unpreceded by declaration of war, would send us and our loved ones to the next world in the breechless unity of scrambled eggs. That thought did not occur then to me, for I rang for my nurse, and when she came, I cried, Switch on the telephone. I, I must speak to my husband at once. A most terrible thing has happened. The king of Yugoslavia has been assassinated. Oh, dear, she replied. Did you know him? No, I said. Then why, she asked, why do you think it's so terrible? Her question made me remember that the word idiot comes from a Greek root meaning private person. Idiocy is the female defect. Intent on their private lives, women follow their fate through a darkness deep as that cast by malformed cells in the brain. It is no worse than the male defect, which is lunacy. Men are so obsessed by public affairs that they see the world by moonlight, which shows the outlines of every object, but not the details indicative of their nature. I said, well, you know, assassinations lead to other things. Do they? she asked. Do they not? I said. For when I came back to look on it, my life had been punctuated by the slaughter of royalty, by the shouting of newsboys who had run down the streets to tell me that someone had used a lethal weapon to turn over a new leaf in the book of history. <laughs>